Hello, Team Builder. I hope you're well. This is Dr. Chris Cavert. I want to jump in before this next episode to give you an update on the On Team Building podcast. Over 2020, I've been having so much fun interviewing uh, team builders all over the world and then sharing that with you. Uh, I have a number of podcasts that are still in the queue for 2020, so we are going to do a December podcast palooza of the remaining episodes I have recorded. Over the COVID situation, I did add a few to the queue, uh, a specific topic around COVID and doing teamwork uh, and team building programs during this time, during this different normal that we were having. So that gave me a bunch of extras that were still waiting to be uh, put out there to you listeners. I'm going, I think I have about 10 remaining. So over this month of December, uh, please keep an eye on how things are downloading. I'll probably download them on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday until I have all of them out to you. For the next year, 2021, uh, season two of the On T-Building podcast is on hold until what I would say further notice. I will make sure that uh, word gets out through uh, the different social media channels, uh, through my fundoing.com website and blog, and be able to inform you if we get season two up and running. But I'm going to spend the year redesigning my offerings to team builders and also keeping the fundoing.com site open for activity resources. So you can sign up for Fundoing Fridays if you haven't already signed up for that. Every two weeks, Fundoing Friday goes out with activity and team building resources that you can use in your programming. Right now, we've been focusing on programming at a distance. There's some information on virtual programming at the fundoing.com resources page and just ways of keeping things going and having fun doing our team building offerings in any context that we have at this point in time. So again, until further, further notice, the 2021 season two is postponed. We're going to finish up with a number of wonderful interviews with some cool and awesome team builders in the month of December. If you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me at chris at onteambuilding.com or please visit my fundoing.com website where there is information on how you can reach me and a lot of fun team building resources. Thank you for joining me this season one. It's been just so amazing and so much learning for me. All right, let's jump into this next episode. Hello, Team Builder, and thanks for dropping into the On Team Building podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cavert. Here at On Team Building, we find out about favorite tools, books, program ideas, lessons learned, and solid advice from team builders all over the world. Team builders everywhere have something to share with us. Let's go find out what it is. Hello, Team Builder, and welcome to another episode of On Team Building podcast. Uh, I'm here today with Floyd Hinman. And he is my uh, good friend out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Floyd, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, Chris, thanks for having me out. Let's jump right in. Tell me, Floyd, what is the team building related book that you believe everybody should have on their shelf? 
one, uh, the most important thing I think is to uh, subscribe to fundoing.com. Um, <laughs> I get a lot of my great information from, from your website. And uh, two books that I would say that probably need to be on everybody's bookshelves are one, um, and neither one of these are, are team building books, but one is uh, Community, The Structure of Belonging by Peter Block. And the other one is Raising Human Beings by Dr. Ross Green. Um, both of those books have just changed the way that I approach and think about um, communities and how they develop. Cool. Yeah, you, you told me the last time we were together, you told me about Peter Block. Can you, can you come up with, give, it, give us a little synopsis of maybe a, a strong point from the book that really resonates with you? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, one of the biggest things that community offers is a different perspective on leadership. He, he says that leadership is all about uh, bringing people together and then offering challenging questions that people can uh, mull over to bring about new, per- new perspectives and new possibilities for the future. So it's all about working with strengths. Let's figure out who's in the room, what strengths are here, and how we can move those into uh, the future, making a better uh, place for us all. Nice. I have one of the Peter Block books that's in my queue. So I'm, I'm excited to get to those and find out a little bit more about, uh, about his work. Awesome. Thank you so much yeah. for that one. Yeah. Let's go to, what is one of your go-to tools or maybe questions related to processing? My favorite question right now actually comes from uh, Dr. Ross Green. He has a kind of script that he goes through with the kids that he's working with. They're often challenging kids, if you will. The script that he kind of uses is, uh, I notice that you're having difficulties with blank, whatever the difficulty is. And then he follows that up with the question, what's up? So I love using that question. So if you can imagine being out on the challenge course on something like the nitro swing, where oftentimes uh, water has to get passed without being spilled. Of course, inevitably that water does spill and you say, hey guys, I noticed that you're having difficulty getting the water from this platform to the next platform without it spilling. What's up? Um, And then they can share their perspectives. And I, I find that that line of questioning really brings out a lot more in-depth understandings of, of what people are seeing rather than what needs to change here or something like that. So, Yeah, yeah, I like that. So what's up? That leaves it kind of open to their interpretation. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there is the open to outcome. Are you familiar with the open to outcome processing model? Yeah, I use open to outcome quite a bit as well. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that where that first question is, what did you notice? Or I always start out to model it. I notice this. That's kind of that same thing, right? Yes. Yeah. It's right along the same lines. This, you're having trouble with this. What's up? Processing. What, what do you think about processing and where it should go within a, I'm going to say within an activity? What comes to mind? Yeah. So many things. So processing is just the, the, exercise of taking on information there's so many parts of processing that are happening at during any given activity where the participants are first processing what I'm trying to say Um, they're processing the information that they're seeing through activity equipment for instance they're already processing 
what's going on. So from my standpoint, the processing that I want to bring out of them is what's that experience that you're having. And that's a huge step from the processing that I used to do where I used to have like this very specific thing that I knew whale watch could do for me. And uh, so I go to the whale watch and draw that out of them, even though it wasn't the experience that they were trying to process at the time, even though it wasn't the challenge that they were necessarily experiencing. So um, it's taking what they're processing and not trying to guess at it, just asking them, not making any assumptions about the experience that they're having. It's making me think. See, look at that. That's why I like doing these. It's making me think about they're already processing, which in my brain when you were saying that, I was calling it decoding. They were decoding Uh the things they were seeing and the element where you could easily say they're processing this information and you're just finding out what they're basically thinking about. Yeah. Is that right? Is that? Yeah. Okay. Because it could be absolutely nothing to do with the whale watch. It could be that whale watch reminded them and all of a sudden they had this image of something that that whale watch triggered and that's in the moment and trying to get out what's happening with them and not necessarily even related to the activity itself. Right. Yeah. Because how many times do we run into that where doing this work it's always a connection of the whale watch to something back at work or the whale watch to where can you take this information yeah so they're already making those those connections noticing where old patterns and behaviors are connected to the activity that they're doing or the interaction that they're having with their peers all the whale watches wobbling around so Yeah, it's just, it's just bringing that out in the moment and using that information uh, for whatever they're noticing. Yeah, so, so we might be missing those moments that might be more important. Yeah, I've, I've missed so many of those moments just yeah. because I go in with my own itinerary plan and I forget to listen to the people that I'm there to work with. I, I, I used to think that I'm the guru and, and they're here to see me and, and for me to transform their lives. But realistically, they already have all of the tools that they need. They have all of the resources that they need to do the work, to, to make the changes that they need to. So my processing has totally shifted towards participant-centered. Yeah. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Right. What are you getting from this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting... Interesting segue, the, the blog post I told you about before we started, it's called Unexpectations. Yeah. But the idea is what you just talked about, is we go in with these preconceived notions. There was some information about the, the reticular activating system and confirmation bias. And, you know, we, if we're focusing only on certain things, then we may be missing out on what they really need. If we're so dialed into a specific thing that someone else gave us, so, um, there was a, a term artificial goals that uh, one of the high five people talked about in one of their podcasts where someone up above gives you, the facilitator, these goals and change my group, then they, they might be considered artificial because it might not be what the group needs. So if we're focused right. on these artificial things, we, we're, we're going to be missing those in the moment uh, opportunities. Very cool. See, 
we didn't even plan this and it just worked right out right into that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank, oh, that was good. That was good. Let's jump into the next one. How about um, right now your go-to team building activity? I know, you know, for us, we've been doing this a while and it changes from time to time and we get our, you know, our recent favorites. What's one for you and why is it your go-to at the moment? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, kind of tinkered with, to use a, a high five, uh, um, thought tinkered with, uh, Mark Collard's jump in, jump out. Okay. Um, and I added two directions. So it's jump in, jump out, jump left, jump right, and then turn left and turn right. You can do anything with it. You can, uh, it can be an energizer to get your group up and going. It can be something to get people laughing at each at themselves and at each other. It can be a way of of connecting uh, brain and body. You know, how does your how does your brain react? How does your body react to what the the brain is hearing? Those sorts of things. The way that I use it the most, though, is for um, the idea behind creating a common language, which I think is important in the work that I do and uh, in my current part-time job. There's this sort of breakdown in communication and language that can easily be adjusted just by better defining what is meant when we say those things. So in our work, we, we call it social norming or uh, values creation, that sort of thing. So this is a great activity for showing, especially now that I've added the turn left and turn right, people don't know which way jump in means anymore. And so we always have to stop and redefine. And it's, it, I don't use my definition of it, but I let them define what, what does it mean to, to jump in now that we're turned left? Uh, what does it mean to you know, um, jump left when you're already, <laughs> when you're facing a different direction? Yeah, it really brings a really cool sort of natural understanding of the words we say don't get defined the same by everybody. And so we should probably make sure that everybody is on the same page when, we're, talk, when we're saying those things. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, so how is it, and that, that just now makes perfect sense. Yeah, and for those listening, uh, Floyd mentioned a reference to High Five. There's a book called Tinker. Building Purposeful Experiences from Classic Adventure Activities. I love the activities so much, and they're all oldies but goodies. All my trainings, I ended up using at least five or six of the activities in there because most of them are no prop, and they just have such a strong, wonderful message. The authors, the high five authors, all shared some information about how they used it, and you just shared how you use it and how to create that common language once they've changed their, like that initial bearing, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they start out one way, and then when something changes, how do they interpret what they already know? Oh, interesting. That is so very cool. I love yeah. that. Oh, that's a new one for me. So I'm, that's now on my list. All right. <laughs> for my next group. You shared some of the questions you asked them. Can you remember the last time you did it? and? When that that shift or mental model shift happened, can you give us a little tidbit of how you talk to them about that? Yeah, so uh, you know, using that question that I mentioned from Ross Green, hey, I noticed 
that you guys are having difficulty oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, ju jumping in the, in the same direction uh, when we are doing this activity, what's up? And then the what's up is, well, you didn't tell us which way jump in is. And I say, you know, I, I explained in the directions which way jump in is. And uh, then, we, then we discuss kind of whose responsibility it is in this moment to define what's what's missing is it the leader is it the is it the person who's having difficulty following those uh directions and it always comes back around to well it's everybody's responsibility and so then we spend time defining what each of those things mean from that standpoint and of course with with that activity those definitions are really important because the next two rounds of it are to hear what I say, say the opposite of what I say, and then do right. what I say, right? And then you know the opposite of that. So, well, I was just going to ask you that to clarify: do regular jump in, jump out, jump left, jump right, and then turn left, turn right? So they're practicing that. Yeah. And then turn is a quarter turn. Yeah, it's a quarter turn. Quarter turn to the left. And quarter you turn. Then you the say right. they could turn left, and then you'll say jump in jump out, and then they're not quite sure where they're going. So you don't change, you don't do the opposite yet until they come up with a common language. Then you do opposite. Right, because... Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. When we're, when we're in that activity, they have so much difficulty figuring out why not everybody's doing the same thing yeah, that yeah. we have to stop and have that conversation to get everybody to a common language so that when those words are spoken, because you know that first round is just hear what I say and then say what I say and then do what I say. So it's pretty simple. Yeah. But yeah. Man, does this throw a kink in in all of that? Because what you're saying now is very very confusing just in basic language. <laughs> yeah, and you got to be ready for when things get harder. Was when you're learning something, maybe it's a little hard to begin with, but then it gets easier. But then as you gain skills then oftentimes in life, you know, if we're transferring, that things get harder and you have the skills. You just have to be able to use what you know and work things out and make sure you're all on the same page. Oh, that's very cool. That's a good one. That's a good one. Thanks for sharing that one, Floyd. That was awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's tell us um, a team building experience that stands out for you. You had a story that you can give us your learning or your takeaway as a, as a team builder. One of my favorite stories, I was working with a sixth grade group at uh, Tall Oaks Conference Center up in Linwood, Kansas. We were out on, they, they called it uh, the Omega. Uh, I believe it's also called st stump jump jumping, where it's okay. uh, yeah. stumps of wood that are in the ground. You hold hands, connect, you move from stump to stump. The whole group has to go through. We used water that we had the groups pass along. And there were some different rules with that. What are you um, jumping or are you stepping? You're just stepping. You are stepping. Uh, okay, and, right. and we make I, it very clear that in, yeah, my, yeah. in my head, yeah, yeah, I've seen this where it's set up where they jump from stump to stump, and that's a trust building crazy uh, activity. Okay, cool. Thanks. Just okay. So this one was like just stumps, and it was set up, set up in the shape of an omega, uh, the last letter of the Greek alphabet. Yeah, so they just step from stump to stump um and some of them were a good good step apart from each other at the time i was i was making this rule that 
if anybody steps down from the stumps, then everybody steps down and we start back over. So that, that would be a consequence. And they knew that that consequence was present beforehand. Uh, we got started. They um, had a bunch of trouble, stepped off a bunch of times, and we started over a bunch of times. And then probably about 30 minutes into it, they were really struggling. We hadn't even made it through the half to the half point mark. Somebody stepped off. They had been working really hard. Somebody from the middle of the group said, don't step off. Nobody step off. You get back up there. We're going to continue on uh, from where we are. I thought that that was just an unbelievable moment. Like those are the moments that I want to have a team just taking over the group, taking over the activity and choosing for themselves how it's going to operate from now on. They adhered to everything else that I was asking from them. But that one particular rule was, was the thing that was getting in their way. So for me, the learning objective from that is how do I get out of the way more or how do I help to break down some of the barriers that are keeping people from being successful on my course, in the team building events that I do, and also just in society. Things don't have to be nearly as difficult as we're making them for people to uh, learn and grow from them. More getting out of my own way. It was such a cool experience. Okay, so so the Paul Harvey question What's the rest of the story? How did it how did it end? Do you remember? There were a number of times that they they stepped off, but it was a continual uh, and and actually from that point on there was sort of just a barrage of helpfulness. So when somebody would step off, it would be five hands reaching for people to help them back up onto the stump, figuring out a way to create more stability uh, for those people that were having trouble staying balanced and they didn't spill a drop of water. They, they nailed that part of it. Once they were finished, they jumped, they applauded themselves, you know, all the, all the exciting things that you want to see on the course. But I think it was more of this idea of we just really did this together. We're able to make a conscious decision towards our effort by ourselves, even in the face of these rules that were, that were set for us, nice. these guidelines that were set for us. And cool. I, I thought that was just so cool. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. For the past several years, when I'm working with facilitators, I really emphasize that, you know, if you, if you are a practitioner that wants to change things, you want to help people learn and grow, you've got to be willing to do the hard work with them. You got to be willing to be in the hard work. You know, you're not doing the work for them, but you got to be willing to ask the tough questions or do the tough activity and Early on in my career, I was avoiding that because I was working with at-risk kids. Oh, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want to deal with all the crap, right? You know, I didn't want to deal with their blow-ups. But then I, one of my great mentors for me said, you know, this is what we need to do. We need to push them to the point where these behaviors come out because these are the behaviors that are, that are stopping them from moving forward. We need to give them some practice and some opportunity with other behaviors so they can see how to be different. And that's oftentimes the hard work. If you're willing to do the hard work, there's more that you can do for that group and for, you know, that whole changing the world philosophy of it's going to take the hard work to make a difference. So yeah, yeah, very cool. Those are, yeah, those are the cool emotional moments that I, you know, you like them, but they're hard, 
but in the end, you know, that they're cheering, you know, that, that really made a difference to them. And that's where you can, that's where you can see that difference. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Floyd, you know, I think we're good for today. Uh, I'd love to do a part two at some point in time and get more into your team building brain because I know you've done a lot of great work. So it's going to be uh, definitely schedule a part two down the line. And okay. again, Floyd, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. And we're looking forward to the next time. Yeah, thanks so much, Chris. Thank you for listening to this episode of the On Team Building Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode at onteambuilding.com forward slash OTB podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash OTB podcast. You'll find links and resources mentioned in the show and contact information for today's guest. Interested in more team building resources? Would you like an email with free team building activities and ideas sent to you every two weeks? then go visit fundoing.com, F-U-N-D-O-I-N-G.com, and sign up for Fundoing Fridays. While you're there, check out the Fundoing blog with over four years of team-building activity posts and visit the store for downloadable activity books and team-building kits. And be sure to check out the On Team Building blog and get involved in the conversations about a variety of team-building topics. Until next time, continue to do the good work, help others learn and grow, and keep us posted.